Hi again, Lisa Morrell here, and welcome to all of you VIP members. It says so much about your dedication to learning about horses and living, transforming, thriving through horse wisdom. And as a bonus for being in this VIP membership area, we get to have more conversation with Margaret Coates. Hi, Margaret. Hi again, Lisa. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, the first part of the summit really focused on what is horse wisdom from various different perspectives. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I love is to hear the stories about how their horse wisdom was applied and their healing was applied. So we get to hear some of your uh, stories and your case studies. So it's story time. And you told me that you love to tell stories. So I do, I do. <laughs> um, I had a really interesting meeting with a horse actually only a few weeks ago. And as usual, I'd said to the human, um, give me very little information, don't tell me. He started to tell me, I said, no, 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 I don't want to know anything. My mind has to be accepting, open, not analytical, listening. Um, so my soul can hear the information. And um, so I went along and uh, the eight-year-old warm blood horse uh, with uh, a, a male and a female um, owners sharing the horse. And um, the way I work is that I just do some deep breathing, center myself. I explain to the people that I am going to make a hand contact if it's safe to do so where it's possible because some horses might have some issues with that or they might be have um, medical problems. Anyway, so I was able to touch this horse and I placed my hand over the shoulder area, which is the major chakra area of horses, animals. It's an eighth chakra that I actually discovered that hmm. we talk about horse wisdom, the horses told me about this chakra so when i was um, i'm just going to digress a little bit so the story makes fascinating sense. absolutely yeah so when i started intensely working with horses about 30 years ago um, i was drawn constantly to this area and i thought well you know i know about human chakras and animals must have them um but I was drawn always to this place in the slope by the shoulder, time and time again. The horses would drag my hand there. I'd try and put my hand on what I thought was the heart chakra. And, oh, the hand would come back to this place. And then in the end, I gave up questioning what was happening. I thought, actually, this is a major center of energy. This is a major chakra. And in discussion with the horses, they said, yes, this is a major area. and humans don't have it because we're not enlightened enough we are not it's a, it's a chakra of transformation the chakra of connection to all that there is to every other chakra to every planet to everything that exists and we have not elevated to the point where it's opened in us and it still hasn't and in fact what's happening now with all the stuff happening in the world the dark forces are trying to stop any elevation, any opening of any spirituality. So, um, so we need to try even harder, work harder. So I was drawn to this place. I discovered it. I write about it in my first book. 
I give it a name, I, I associate it with the planets, and all these coincidences happened where I, the information comes. So I'm with this particular horse in the in his paddock. I'm going to place my hand there on that chakra. And instantly I hear information from the horse. So because I'm clairaudient, clairsentient, clairvoyant, I might see words, I might hear something, or I might sense something. But in this particular um, occasion, at that time, I heard the words, so this is him speaking at a soul level, I heard, I'm not who you think I am. So I said, okay, right, thank you. So I turned to the man and I said, this is what the horse has said. I'm not who you think I am. And he started trembling. And I said, don't tell me anything. Don't discuss it. Just let me go because I don't want to get stuck now. And then the horse said, um, I, this is why I can't do what's asked of me. This is why I have a problem. And um, then he went on to talk about um, he had, oh, and then he showed me himself very small. And he said, it was like I was pushed off a cliff. And I said this to the person and I said, but he wasn't, I, don't take this, that this is a physical thing. He wasn't pushed off a cliff. He's talking about emotionally, mentally, a trauma. And then I see him, um, somewhere else and as he's moving away to this other place I just catch a glimpse of a bigger horse and I said to the person this is what's happening and I know because I can sense it from him that the person he's leaving is the mayor his mother and he's very tiny and he's being sent somewhere and so this is this uh, shock that everything's changed and he's going into like a post-traumatic shock thing um so he then described um um how uh he'd been put into work that didn't suit him that he couldn't do and um that for a long time he'd been shut in he'd been punished not necessarily with beatings but just by being restricted people getting fed up with him so their way of punishing him would be to just shut him in a stable they wouldn't go there they wouldn't interact with him and then they would think right when we bring you out you'll do this work and so this had gone on so while I start talking about this the horse becomes extremely unsteady on his feet so he's he starts to buckle at the knees his knees are starting to buckle and I'm saying to the people please watch him because I'm in a bit of a zone and I might be staring into space when I'm talking and um, anyway, he did start to buckle a lot. So I said, I'm taking my hands off because healing uh, in clinical studies is shown to have a sedation effect because it releases endorphins. So there have been brain scans done when healing's being given and the release of endorphins um, um, is in the limbic system. There's two areas of the brain, the part of the cortex where the brain, the being recognizes that something's taking place. So the MRI scanners that were, were scanning brains of people giving healing, and obviously you're not 
in those studies, you know, we're not, people are not giving contact healing because they have to be out of the room. So they're sending healing from a few feet away outside the room, which is equally powerful, can be. So the, the brain recognized that something was happening. They could see that as soon as a signal was given to the healers to switch on healing, this increased blood flow took place in that part of the brain. So they thought, whoa, the, the, the brain says something's happening to this person. And then the other increased blood flow is in the area of the limbic system where um, endorphins are released. So they could see that. So I could see all of this taking place with the horse and it was huge. He started to sweat. Sweaty patches broke out. There were areas of his body, Kitty's listening, area of his body um, where hairs were starting to stand up, some hairs flattened, um, he, he, his eyes were sure, um, closing. You can also see energy in activation during healing. So I would say to people, I always invite them and I say, just with soft eyes, look at the body because you might see heat haze, puffs of smoke, um, you might send strange things that the person holding a lead rope is in the loop. So all of this was going on. And then um, I said to the people, okay, so we've had all of this stuff come out. Can you make, can you um, fill in the boxes of what this horse has said? Why did he say, I'm not who you think I am? And the answers can be quite spooky because the man said, well, actually, when I bought this horse, I noticed that he had a duplicate horse passport. So I went back to the breeder. He's a, he, on his passport, he's supposedly a high level warm blood from a European country imported now into the UK. Um, the sire supposedly on the passport is one of the world famous warm blood stallions. Uh, but he said he came with a duplicate passport. So I got in touch with the stud and said, why has this horse got a duplicate passport? Because it's very unusual. And um, they never replied. So he got in touch with the horse issuing passport body organization said I've got this duplicate passport what was the reason and the um, reply came back unknown identity so the what the horse so what the story evolved was this horse appeared as it was sold to another country and I'm not going to give specifics because I don't want people to work out who this horse is and what's happening. The horse was bred in a European country, sold as a foal, so we know from his story he was very young. Um, oh that was the other thing, when I saw him as a foal, I saw another foal and I said to the um, owner, I'm seeing two foals, one is younger than the other foal. Um, uh, and uh, uh, I can't make it out because it's obviously not a twin because there's an age disparity. There's a smaller foal and a bigger one. So what we worked out from the horse's story and the fact that it's got a duplicate passport, he was sold to 
another country that he died as a fool. The horse on the passport died. That another fool was duplicated and sent to this other country with a missing passport. And then he was registered as the original very famous fool. But he wasn't, and so he hasn't got the bloodline of this incredibly strong, powerful stallion. So he's always been completely unable to do any of the performance work expected of him because he isn't who he is in the paperwork. He's someone else. Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, that was so, um, I always say to people, I've done 40,000, 50,000 consultations over the years, and I never know what to expect. Nothing is ever repeated. No situation is the same. Even if you've got a horse with arthritis or a horse that's grieving, there's always something unique because this is a unique being. And so I was completely, I had to sit down because I thought this is so incredible. And, and it was so such strong evidence for me. I felt so humble. This is why I talked earlier in the first interview about humility. I felt so humble that the story had come through. The horse, as I, we were talking and I was discussing it with the people, was nearly lying down in extreme sense of release that someone actually for the first time ever in his eight years knew who he was that that he was now his own person and the person who's got him um said he had a lot of problems and i said well you know i'll tell you the special vet i know um who can help work through but he's struggling because he he doesn't have the genes that enable him to do the work and he said beautifully well then he doesn't need to ever work again I know he's young but we will love him we'll keep him and he's going to be here forever because um you know he's like my son now and and the horse was and I get this feeling again when I'm doing the work like this in my chest where it's all sort of going around in in turmoil here but in a nice way because the heart chakra and I felt so humble that I was actually able to hear him to get his story to be his voice to speak his truth to speak what was happening so that someone his human now understood him now could put the pieces together and could help him and there would never be anything again where anybody would say well you know his father the stallion is x and he's a a global champion for this that why doesn't he do the work he's naughty he needs more training because he isn't related he's in thought in genetic terms a nobody yes he's got warm blood genes but he, in genetic terms, doesn't have any of the line of successful competition. Oh, that is just and uh, and I and I came away thinking, why we need a situation where everybody can hear the horse's voice because that 
yeah. in, in an ideal world that would never have gone on for eight years someone and someone wouldn't have got away with faking with applying for a passport saying it was it was um you know they needed a new passport and somehow the passport issuing people had um kept a record that it was issued as a for mistaken identity but nobody had checked on it and it was only this one man who wanted to know who wanted to ask the question why has he got a uh, replacement passports so that was really powerful and, and if everybody heard the horses voices there'd be far less suffering because people would know they'd be able to get this stuff from the horses and then well, horses this man the human was uh he was listening to a certain degree because he was able he was, to say he was listening because he knew that something wasn't right he couldn't actually, um, he needed to step aside from his emotions and allow me to go in uh, um, without any connection to the horse. Mm -hmm. And so he, he was absolutely amazing um, and is amazing and had called me in because I'd worked with another horse maybe 15 years ago uh, before he lost that horse to old age. And um, and so we actually we all stood and shed tears yes, because um, it was so powerful and that we had given a voice to that horse and, and he now knew who he was. Mm. Ah, that is just an incredibly moving story. And and I found it incredibly moving for, for many reasons. The the. the um, the greed of humans because he would have been worth a lot more as this exactly greed of humans the manipulation the innocence of the horse the fact oh. the, uh, the 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 in the other yeah, innocence their their beauty their soul beauty their everything it was all i came home and i felt it all here and it was all going round and i had to pick my kitty up and give her a big cuddle and a hug just to go right Right. But I had a, 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 I have another story to tell if you have time. Okay. Uh, a very, in a very different um, level. Uh, and, you know, we talked about horse wisdom. So that was horse wisdom, the horse knowing who he was and wanting other people to know he was. Oh, my God. And how, with humans, wouldn't that be helpful? Yeah, completely. If we knew who we were and... Completely. So there were lots of parallels there. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to another horse in the summer, this summer, so it's a few months ago. And um, I was in a field. It was a um, bit of a grey, wet summer day. And um, I'll just try and get my light. Yeah, sometimes it's really nice and other times it goes a bit dark. What's happening here? Is that better? You look lovely. Thank you. So um, I was standing there in this field with this horse and it was a woman and her daughter. And um, the healing was flowing and the horse had a few things to say about injuries, um, um, 
things that the horse found difficult in riding, in work. It was all the sort of what I call the, the fairly normal superficial stuff. And all of a sudden, um, the horse showed me um, a particular flower and I was able to describe it. It was an unusual flower and it had pink and blue leaves, uh, pink and blue petals. And with that came the sense of a man being with me. My light isn't changing, so I don't, it must be the, it must be the, um, thing on my computer though yeah must be that's okay these are dramatic stories right okay <laughs> so, so we're yeah. lighting for the yeah. drama so um, and then i had the sense of a man being with me and a great uh, overwhelming feeling of loss um of sorrow of regret and i'm looking at this flower through the mind of the horse and this was a female horse a mare and um, so I said this to the woman, I said, I'm looking at this flower. I feel there's a, a male human with me. And I didn't actually delve into at that time. I felt the human had transitioned, but I could sense because it, when you're getting very personal stuff, you have to um, be careful what you're saying because um, it, it can be overwhelming for the people. But I just felt they were on a different uh, wavelength to not be around on the planet. I'm seeing this flower but through the vision of the horse and um, I'm sensing this man and he's connecting to you very strongly through the horse. Mm -hmm. And of course, then she became overwhelmingly emotional and uh, I had to stop the session and had to sort of go into my counsellor mode and just find out what was going on. And she said... Um, my son committed suicide a few months ago. And she said, um, he, it was the beginning of, uh, it, it, it was due to COVID, he lost his business, like many people suffered hugely. He lost his business, he didn't know how he would support his family. And in a moment of uh, the mind not being um, rational, he uh, couldn't continue. And um, the one of the children found him. And that child, um, on the day of the funeral, picked this particular flower. And the mother put it into a book of poetry that the son was reading at the time of this whole great trauma and had this, that the son had this by his bedside. And so the, the son, the, the child son, so the, the woman's son had come forward and as the, um, with evidence that he was still somewhere through the horse and as this was all going on this horse started breathing heavily um, sort of doing all the knee buckling again and then um the horse through the horse th the horse was able to draw this man in or allow this man to step forward in this neutral space and through the horse um he just 
came through with love, with um, a feeling of everything was okay, that he felt so relieved he could step forward and show his mother that he was still somewhere, there was no end. And that, she said, that was the biggest comfort for her and that she could pass that on to his wife and to the, the children. And, and she's, when I went home, she actually sent me a picture on um, WhatsApp of the flower. And, 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 the, and I thought, well, how incredible is that, that I'd been standing talking to the woman beforehand just about everyday things, the weather and putting my boots on and everything. That connection wasn't there. The connection came the minute that I put my hand on the horse, something happened, something opened up to allow this man who'd been waiting to come to his mother to say, I'm here, it's okay, it's, it's, um, I just want you to know that I love you. And she was able to connect with him in that moment through the horse and that they were able to love each other again and she felt a sense of peace. And when she told the wife and the children, they felt a sense of peace. And it, it helped them to make some sense without them being able to analyze it. Somehow they could make some sense that something bigger happened than anybody could understand. But it happened, this vision, this information, this parameter of uh, experience happened when I touched that mare. She facilitated a bridge, an opening, a connection that allowed this troubled being who was waiting for an opportunity to say, I'm here to come through. There, that for me, just calls forward their other dimension, dimensionality. And so, you know, you asked me what's horse wisdom and I, I struggled actually to answer because there are so many answers. Well, what comes up for me is that's a very human question. Yes. And so, trying to answer it from a, to try to put into words, a human words, something yes. that's so much beyond human words and and that was horse wisdom and I and I and there again I went home that day and I thought wow I felt you know all these emotions I felt stunned I thought and I turned to the horse and I put my arms around and I said you know I love you thank you for being a master teacher for being a master of in the zone of consciousness and um for this experience and it was overwhelming and someone else might have been watching and just not heard what we were discussing and just said oh you know there's a brown horse a plain brown horse who's wondering about horse wisdom yeah, um, and, this <laughs> and it's so far beyond that so much deeper brown horse with big feet not very pretty wouldn't win any prizes in a show but there's this incredible being so wise that's enabled 
a, a, a human soul who's left the physical body to return somehow through some platform, some bridge, to give a message to his mother who's standing there. So powerful. Margaret, I, I say to so, I just want to come hang out with you. I want to. I just the whole experience and uh, as I said yesterday, it's such sacred work. It's yes, yeah, sacred. Uh, thank you. That's the word. Such sacred work, and to find others who share that mm-hmm. is is such a, uh, such a joy, such a gift. So I feel like that's what you brought for me, and I'm sure all of our viewers are connecting in such beautiful ways as well so yeah yeah, completely so you know I have I have many stories on different levels um one of the things I wrote about in my first book is I went to a horse um sanctuary rescue and this very um troubled uh small chestnut mare was brought out and she was just panic-stricken she was you know, the eyes were out, she was oh, like this. She was skittish, she was jumping around. And I always just breathe deeply, um, just stay completely calm. Neutral is really important. And uh, they, I, I, there again, I said to them, don't tell me anything. Just, I know she's obviously got trauma because she's in a horse sanctuary and she's clearly terrified of humans clearly um, and she's white eyed she's waiting for some terrible handling some terrible treatment so I, um, I put my hand on I, I let everything flow and this was a time when actually no story came from the horse so communication can simply be giving love because the the horse reminder yeah the horse may not want to be because they all communicate in different ways so that a horse may not want to be showing loads of stuff out they just might need to uh somehow on a deep level in a private way let go Mm -hmm. so this horse had my hands on and, and I just felt incredibly peaceful. The healing was flowing. It was beautiful. I could see on her body, the skin's the biggest organ of the body. So you can uh, see things manifest, things changing, and you know, all the other organs are doing things. I could see the change in the skin, it, a glow built up. There were areas that looked like the darker areas looked darker, the lighter areas looked lighter, and pe- the people, the grooms around were observing this going on. So, oh, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> and I and I just let it flow. Um, yeah. Because if if you're not seeing, sensing anything, it doesn't mean that you're not, nothing's happening. There again, it comes back to not having an agenda. If, if, if you're simply, ch- simply, if you're channeling healing energy and it just is an incredible, peaceful experience, that's also part of communication. So this all happened. And then she became very sleepy and, and unsteady and it was all very peaceful. And we stood after the healing and um, 
she wasn't skittish anymore. She was just head hanging down. And then they told me her story that she came in um, completely traumatized, as I expected from humans, lots of beatings, very head shy. You couldn't touch her head. And yet in the session, I'd, because I didn't know it, I'm not conditioned to not touch her head because nobody had said. So just in the healing, I'd worked my hand up and placed it on the head and she was okay and all these releases and she was led back to her the, the groom that brought her out was the only groom she would let put a head collar on or lead so the groom took her back to her stable um, and we could see where she was and they said she's completely head shy nobody can touch her the minute anybody comes near her she'll shoot to the back of the box and as we're talking a member of public came along and this horse that I've just been helping had her head over the stable door and was all sleepy. Member of the public came along and put her hand on her head. And this horse just stayed there and went, oh, you're a nice person. Yeah, I like you. And everybody, all oh, the grooms are open mouthed. Wow, that's never happened before. She'd been there a long time and they could not rehome her because she would not have anything to do with people. Someone came a few days later and walked around and this horse instantly connected with her and within two weeks she was gone to her forever home. I love happy endings. A wonderful happy ending. I love happy so, endings. You know, that's, that's healing did everything it needed to do on a deep level. I didn't need to, maybe sometimes they don't want to show things why do we need to delve into the horrors of what's happened to them always? Yeah, I love that, that sometimes it's just love. And like you said earlier in the earlier interview, it is just love. It's just love. So you love them and you say, okay, whatever's happened, you don't even need to show me. But I, my desire is to help you let go. My love is offered to help you let go and move on. And often that's all you need to do is just be present, be there facilitate that shift and and I said to them you know oh did they say anything and I said to them well I didn't hear anything I didn't see anything but I, do, do we need to do we always need to that's just you know analyzing it's a human need yeah just it's, she's let go yeah and isn't that all that we need to see that spectacularly beautiful yeah that this happy horse in such in a few minutes was a peace mm. beautiful and that's the other thing that i learned from them their horse wisdom that they're able to let go and move on with the right trigger yeah and that trigger is love healing empathy connecting with another being that is really like a guide like um a sole companion so you know I don't have an agenda I don't have anything to do I'm just there saying okay you you've you're in this place of trauma but I can just help you to go into a place of peace and you're out of it hmm. well thank you Margaret thank you so much uh, for all of you VIP members that get to have this 
and to go back and feel the feelings in your body that came up for you as you listened to Margaret tell you this story is healing for you. It's uh, the horses were reaching not only through Margaret, they were reaching to those people. And now she, through those horses, is reaching to you. And um, I'm, of course, for the horses, I'm very honored. And if that's not what horses wisdom is, I just don't know what else it would be. But thank you so much. I will um, now I I will put down uh, below if if you look down below for the way to reach Margaret the best. And um, also, Margaret and I have been kind of playing around about doing something together, perhaps in the fall of next year. So stay tuned for that. Mm. That will be such an honor as well. That'd be amazing. Yeah. All right, Margaret, thank you so much. I'm very honored and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye.